Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM. Congratulations, first off, on um, you know putting this together. It really has been good. It's been seamless. I must commend you on um, also just the processes and making it easy. Thank you very much. A great team effort between us and the presidency and the Department of Trade and Industry. But yeah, thank you. So perhaps um, just start off by explaining to us the role of the IDC in all of this. Well, uh, we are part of these uh, three uh, institutions that I just mentioned who were designated by uh, cabinet to organize the event. Uh, so that's what we do. In the second instance, we actively work with the Department of course, of Trade and Industry to try and solicit uh, the kind of investment commitments that you were referring to earlier on. Uh, and in the third instance, we uh, also try and make pledges ourselves based on our own investment program uh, year on year. Uh, we, uh, you know, largely finance uh, startup and growth kind of businesses. Development finance is, is growth finance, you know. Mm -hmm. It's about growing the size of the economy. So, yeah. talk to me about projections, because mm -hmm. at this point, we're coming off a very low base because mm -hmm. of COVID, but what, how do you see us going in the next medium to long term uh, as a South African economy? Because we hear what uh, the Bretton Woods institutions and everyone else is telling us, but from the IDC's perspective, surely you are doing your own number crunching and mm. having a look at these developments. Uh, where do you see this going? Yeah, and, and the best way is probably to look at uh, this at a sector level. So uh, there are certain sectors which have grown very well and uh, are anticipated to grow even better going forward. I'm talking, for instance, about agriculture. Uh, in the second instance, uh, reference to the mining sector. Uh, for some reason, international uh, economic uh, dynamics have panned out such that uh, a lot of commodities are fetching good prices globally. Uh, but having said so, there are limitations within the South African economy. One, the obvious ones, energy. Manufacturing companies cannot done, run their production mm. systems without uh, consistent, reliable energy. So it is a problem. Uh, but we know that the country is doing its best in that regard, particularly uh, given the policy change of allowing self-generation, you know, the maximum 100 uh, megawatts that the president uh, announced some time back. What we are seeing is a lot of companies across all sectors, be it uh, commercial properties, industrial properties, mining companies, doing a lot of self-generation using uh, solar systems. So. It is a challenge. The second one relates... Are you getting many funding requests in that regard? Lots. Uh, lots. And, and many of them are very well prepared as business propositions because there are basically two uh, uh, elements to the equation. One is getting the right technology and two is getting a good customer who can pay for the energy that uh, you produce as a provider. So... We have in excess of just over 6 billion rand worth of applications that we are evaluating in that space. Uh, the second point that I wanted to talk to, and I know uh, my sister at Transnet is working very hard to address it, is the logistics constraints. Uh, that uh, Transnet, given the issues around the rail system and the locomotives, they haven't been able to move as much tonnage as they should 
both for general cargo as well as bulk commodities. So it, it then constrains trade as well as the other challenges that they have at the port. But are, we, are they sitting and doing nothing? No. Uh, are they acting and acting hard to try and overcome the problems? The answer is yes. And we have to lend uh, support as much as we can. And, and, and that's an interesting one because, as you said uh, before you, we spoke about the infrastructure issue, but in very broad strokes. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a conversation that I would like to unpack mm -hmm. a little further mm -hmm. because what exactly are the bottlenecks? Where are they? Mm -hmm. And why do they exist? Because if you look at a country, as you say, especially when we are seeing um, a commodities boom, if you will, in South Africa, why are we experiencing those challenges? Surely we should be doing everything to make sure that we can export as much as we can mm -hmm, at mm -hmm. any given point in time. Look, the, the truth is this, uh, and it's a painful truth, and that is that uh, over the past number of years, whether we want to call it a decade and a half or a decade or so, there has been underinvestment in the area of infrastructure by Transnet, by their own admission. They haven't uh, expanded the rail systems as much as they should have, they haven't built enough uh, um, space capacity at the ports as they should have. Uh, so there is a backlog. Uh, so in that regard, uh, these projects are, are, are very long-term in nature. It, it, it takes time to, to expand the rail link. I mean, one of the projects that we are working on, it has been announced, is that uh, from Pretoria, from the automotive uh, cluster in Pretoria, where Ford produces those uh, cars for export, there's a need to either refurbish or build a new line that will take the cars for the export market to either Port Elizabeth or East London. It's not going to be built in a year. And perhaps uh, if you ask me, I'd <laughs> say build a new one, <laughs> given all the challenges that we're already experiencing and the fact that they share the rail infrastructure in the country mm. with the passenger rail agency, you know, uh, which is also not ideal because now you're struggling with the movement of uh, goods and the movement of people. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes, you know, people will tell you about these trains that stop in the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. for copious amounts of time and you don't know what's going on it's mm. because of these sorts of challenges but but just on a manufacturing um, uh, tip how are we faring you know because many people would say that this is one of the things that went wrong for mm. us in South Africa we lost that edge in terms of our manufacturing capacity mm -hmm. yes uh, again it, it helps to take them one sector at a time. If you look at the statistics relating, and I might not have the exact numbers now, but progressively capacity has been lost, for instance, in the clothing and textile sector. If you look at the graphs, it has been a, a downward trend. Uh, largely impacted by competition out of China, because things could be produced much cheaper there, and a lot of product was then uh, sent into economies such as South Africa uh, and so on. Uh, a sector such as the steel industry, which is very crucial across all the board. I mean, to build bridges, to build buildings, you need steel to reinforce the strength of structures and so on and so on. Uh, the structure of the industry is such that uh, you, you have a, a significant player in, in ArcelorMittal, and we are a shareholder in ArcelorMittal, and then there are a couple of other uh, medium and smaller players in the sector. But what again, is your shareholding in ArcelorMittal? Yeah, it's about uh, 7%. Yeah. So does that give you a loud enough voice to say to them, hey, if you take it from us, mm -hmm. you go and you 
refine it and you bring it back, can you sell it to us at a reasonable price? No, no, we, we sit on the board of, uh, we have a representation on the board, but uh, you remember Asalu Metal is run by the Metal family. So yeah, they but added you're 7%. <laughs> South Africa 7% there, <laughs> you know, because the, the, the prices are ridiculous. Yeah. Look, we, we participate in the strategy setting and the business setting process, and uh, but we can't dictate uh, terms, to be honest Taste, with you. But, you know, be in the ear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's a problem. No, no, no. Th- uh, I'm confident that uh, Asalo Mittal and its leadership are cooperating with the South African uh, business as well as South African government. Just before I came here, I was standing and having a chat with Minister Patel, uh, my boss, and also talking to a gentleman by the name of Doron Barnes, who runs uh, another steel company called SCO. Uh, and uh, we just uh, advanced to them 500 million, and then they got another 1 billion from both investors, and up to 1.5 billion to expand their production facility here in Germiston, uh, uh, adding an additional line and probably employing an additional 300 or so people. So all efforts have been made. Uh, Maybe not enough, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, efforts have been made to try and uh, improve the steel industry. And then the automotive sector is doing well. I mean, South Africa's automotive sector is very competitive. The challenge that they face, uh, Sakina, is that uh, remember the European Union has said, come 2030, mm-hmm. they want they they will not be taking in vehicles that are dirty so to speak. Mm-hmm. So they are looking for green cars, either battery operated or hydrogen operated and so on and so on. So there's a massive adjustment that the automotive sector in South Africa has to undergo in order to produce by 2030 cars that would be, from a climate uh, impact point of view, be acceptable to their key markets, in uh, especially the, the, the European Union. Who are the major beneficiaries in terms of job creation in the automotive sector? It's, it's a very labor-intensive industry. Yes, it's highly automated, but uh, where uh, uh, employment creation happens is in the supply chain. So because, remember, the major automotive uh, uh, factories in South Africa, all of them, uh, BMW, Toyota, you name them, they, they, they are primarily sort of assembly points. So the suppliers of various components come from uh, small and medium-sized businesses. So yes, they will get the engine from the original uh, equipment manufacturer, be it in Germany, but the bumpers, the lights, uh, you know, the seats inside are supplied for by small and medium-sized businesses around the ecosystem, uh, be it here in Roslyn or down in, in East London in Port Elizabeth. So that's where employment creation happens in their value chain. So the IDC is open for business, has been open for business and still open for business. Can we invite you maybe to come and speak and uh, where we open it up to our listeners so they can maybe ask the questions that they have for you? I'd be happy to do that. So we'll we'll take you up on that opportunity. Thank you so much for stopping by. And that's uh, the CEO of uh, the IDC, uh, Chukula Petras Nchocho. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM.